Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Zero to 100. I'm Zach DeSelvo, joined by the guys, Alex Crescenti and Eric Padilla. Welcome back after the long weekend. How are you guys doing? How was the weekend? It was way too short. Like, it seemed like it was only a day, but, you know, just back on the grind, right? Yeah, I'm kind of with Crescenti. It does feel like it was a pretty short weekend, um, I think. I've just been looking forward to today just with football being back. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to, like, I was watching some college football last night, and I'm like, this is garbage. Like, Clemson beating Wake Forest in an empty stadium. uh, Like, I'm like, oh, what else is new? Like, I was like, should have put that Lakers game on, Crescenti. That was a blowout, too, though. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, that one was hard to watch. Like, I don't know, what was the bigger blowout? Like, at least Wake was like, "Eh," like, they covered the spread. That's true. Uh, like the Rockets just got up and died. What happened to your squad there, uh, Padilla? Dude, they couldn't hit a shot to save their life. Uh, Harden, surprisingly, um, that was like one of the stats that they were talking about before before yesterday's game was that Harden didn't show up to elimination games, and he showed up this time, and the rest of the team didn't. And I mean, it sucks, but they were just getting killed. I mean, they were they came back from being twenty two down but they just couldn't get anything to fall after that. Their defense was awful. Dan Tony wasn't really changing up the lineups. And, yeah, I don't know. The best thing that the Rockets really did was kick out Rondo's brother from the game. So <laughs> I feel for Harden. I know, like, there's a lot of the Harden haters out there, and I think he definitely has some flaws in his game. But, like, you got – the guy always ends up on these teams that either have people that get hurt or they just don't really pan out or don't show up. And then this system that they run for him, it's like I feel like he just needs to go somewhere else where he's going to be with a coach that's not just going to say, okay, like James Harden, go ISO and give a, and win us a game. Because it just it, – it clearly doesn't work. This is like five years in a row now. Yeah, I was going to ask, is this sort of the beginning of the end? Because we kind of saw – got the news that Dan Tony – was not going to be returning or is he a free agent? Yeah, he said he decided to not, like just not talk about contracts or anything like that. So it looks like he's moving on. But it also sounds like Sam Cassell from the Clippers is the front runner to take that position. My, my question is like, what can you do with that roster? It's going to be played pretty much the same way under any coach because James Harden – yeah, Russell Westbrook, they're still going to be the same players. You're not going to be able to just install a new system and expect that to work with these style of players, right? I think it's probably going to get worse. I mean, I don't I don't know. I think it depends because I know I was watching um, – what was it? And whatever the NBA TV – NBA on TNT or wherever they were on before the game, um, Jalen Rose and Jay Williams were talking about Harden being having to be like a number two player to somebody and that's the only way he's going to get a ring or anything like that but Stephen A I think kind of addressed that it all kind of falls on the coach that they're looking for because I mean Dan Tony is so offensive minded that he basically let Harden run around and ISO and all this stuff to where now they could probably go out and get a coach I mean which I don't know if it would work or not but go out and get a coach to where Harden isn't having the ball the whole time. He isn't doing ISOs every single every single time he comes down the court. But, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, how many times are you going to try to run this back and have it not actually go the way that you planned it to? So That's yeah, my and- thing. And they keep – there's just – like the West is not going to get any easier, I don't think. I mean, the Warriors are going to be back next year. You've got to assume that between the Lakers and the Clippers, like I, I think – probably both of those teams will probably look to at least add something in the off season. And then, I mean, like the nuggets look like they're going to be a threat for a while with those young players they have, like there's just so many teams out in the West that I don't see the rockets being better than any of them. I mean, even like Utah looked great in the playoffs and they were missing one of their best players. So it's like, I don't know. I Yeah. And Harden and Westbrook, your two best players are, over the age of 30 now and you know players don't get better for the for the most part after 30 and we know that Harden is a pretty pretty 
sort of low maintenance in the terms of, you know, the force that he exerts. But Westbrook, man, it, it, from a lot of analysts' perspective, kind of feel like he's going to burn out pretty soon with the ferocity that he plays, right? Yeah, I mean, you saw how the Lakers defended Westbrook that entire series. Like, it was just they literally didn't even attempt to guard him until he was in the paint. It was like, I don't know, they're just daring him to make a shot. <sighs> That's my boy. But, yeah, he – I don't know if him getting hurt and missing most of the first round had any effect on him at all. But he he had some games where he would start off good and then after that just nothing. But – as much as most people are probably going to put the blame on Westbrook because it's super easy, there was a lot of people you could put a lot of blame on. Look at P.J. Tucker. He couldn't hit any of his corner threes at all. Most of their – like, they're, I'm pretty sure, like, one of their best players was Jeff Green. And Jeff Green's, like, 33 or something like that. But Yeah, I got a question yeah, for you. Go ahead. Are you more surprised that of Houston's performance against the Lakers in that series, or are you more surprised that Zach has not uttered the words Miami or Heat to this point in the podcast? Well, I was waiting for you guys to, uh, you know, I thought when I, we did that kind of open and, and I asked you guys how the weekend was, I thought that you guys were going to come to me and say, how was your Zach? And at that point, I would have taken a fat sniff of Heat culture and gone on from there. Oh, geez. That's why we didn't bring it up, because we know how you get. You conceded some of it. You're just high on that heat culture all week. I mean, my God, guys. We took down the best team in the NBA, the MVP, soon to be back-to-back MVP probably, DPOY. I mean, this guy was supposed to be the next coming of God, and we just completely shut him down. Giannis had the worst plus-minus of any player on the entire Bucks team. How about that? That's some heat culture for you. So you took down God. With the Godfather? That's right. <laughs> the slick-haired general. Uh, I mean, are you excited? I mean, are you nervous about the Celtics? How are you feeling next uh, couple days or so? So the, I think the Celtics, was, the Celtics is probably the one team that the Heat have struggled with the most in the regular season. But uh, I think most of the, I think almost – I don't think they've played them outside of the bubble. I don't think they've played them – since acquiring Crowder and Iguodala, which is huge on their defense. So I think, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm obviously not like, oh, the Heat are going to sweep the Celtics. I think this is going to be a pretty tough series because the Bucks, you could really focus all your defense in on the one, on the one guy, whereas the Celtics have so many people that can score. Um, but, I, you know, I feel great about this series. I think it's a good matchup. The Heat have had a ton of time off. You got a lot of time to prepare for this. I think that the Heat were probably preparing for Boston even when that series was still going just because I don't know that Toronto had much left. But this is going to be awesome. I mean, we're back 2012 again, Heat back in the Eastern Conference Finals. Here we go, baby. Yeah, and like we sort of – a lot of people were predicting at the beginning of this bubble, we're going to have a sort of a random team in the finals if it's – because we'll probably have either the Lakers or the Clippers – and then we'll either have Miami or Boston, which I don't think too many people saw coming. You know, well, coming now the other thing I'm pretty excited about, too, is not so fast on the Clippers, Crescenti. Yeah, I was about I, to say. They, they've blown a couple. <laughs> Game seven. They've blown a couple huge leads. And I don't know what Denver has left in their legs going into this Game 7, but if you're a Clipper on that team right now, you got to feel a little demoralized. Like, we can't finish this. Like, your soul's sort of been taken away, and I, I just wouldn't be shocked if Denver wins in a blowout. Yeah, I mean, I think both these teams are probably pretty tired too, right? I mean, it's not like it's not like it's just the Nuggets that. I mean, the Nuggets have played. You know, I mean, the Clippers still went to six games with Dallas, so it's not like they swept the Mavs and had all this rest and then are going against the Nuggets. But yeah, I mean, boy, to blow two, you know, fifteen-point leads in the second half, like that's that is so demoralizing, especially with you're just play, you're playing against a young team with nothing to lose. I mean, the Nuggets can go in there and not, you know, if the Nuggets lose, everyone's going to say, oh, we thought that was going to happen in, you know, five or six games, not in seven. But, I mean, if the Clippers lose, like, Clipper curse is back. Everything is, you know, you're wondering about everything in that organization if that happens. It's because they're away from Inglewood, guys. Like, their powers <laughs> have been taken from them. They need to get back to Inglewood. Always up yeah, to no so good. <laughs> you know, maybe that would help, but – I. Yeah, I don't – it's – that's going to be such a fun game seven. Um, 
I I still feel like the Clippers are going to be pretty heavily favored in it, but I don't know. It's heavy, man. I can't see a heavy favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the Nuggets are young and you still do have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I think I think that is going to help. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I think like the Nuggets keep getting these early, you know, uh, you know, big deficits and they are able to come back every time. So I think that if the Clippers even do have a lead in the second half, like they're not going to feel safe till the game's over. All right. To wrap up this segment, then let's uh, do some predictions for game seven. Padilla, who you got? Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to go, I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think Kawhi is going to have a big game. I'm going to say Nuggets win in a blowout. Oh, wow. Wow. Taking down Inglewood. I just think I've seen this story before. I've seen the beware the three, one lead. The momentum, Christiani, you're, you're <laughs> so often talked about momentum. Momentum's a powerful thing in sports, guys. Basketball's a game of runs. That's true. I'm going to, Christiani, I'm going to go with you. I'm not going to go blowout, but I think the Clipper curse lives on. Nuggets mm-hmm. get the W. I'll go with my guys. All right, guys, for months, we've been asking the question, are you ready for some football? And today, Sunday, September 13th, we finally got our answer. Were you ready for some football? How are you feeling after day one of the NFL season? And we, I say that as we were recording this, and there are still some afternoon games going on, and we are about ready to get into the Sunday night game. But how are you feeling after day one, week one? It's, uh, it's a lot, man. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of – Yeah, there's uh, – just watching some of these games – you kind of expect certain teams to kind of come out and just beat up on some of these shittier teams, but that's not really what's happening today. Like we had what the Eagles blow a 17 point lead to the Washington football team. And, and even Arizona with second year, Kyler Murray and new addition, Deandre Hopkins took down the 49ers. So I don't know. I feel like right now, it's kind of like what we talked about last week where some teams are still kind of getting adjusted. Some of them haven't really been together. Like for example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they did not look, they started off good in today's game against the saints, but they didn't look very good throughout the whole game to where, yeah, to where the saints looked, they struggled at first, but then they ended up picking up towards the end and they looked exactly the same as they did last year. So um, I'm not too sure it's, it's going to be, it's, I mean, we still got, hopefully what 16 more weeks of football i'm under the impression that no one actually knows what they're talking about at this point in the season especially with such an unprecedented off season no preparation really for most of these teams outside of tampa bay sneaking in some practices at a high school field and you know they were only together for basically four or five weeks of training camp and practice I think there was a lot of uncertainty. This is the first time you're seeing other opponents on the field. And so, of course, there was probably going to be bound to be a couple upsets. But I wouldn't be, you know, picking the Jacksonville Jaguars to go to Tampa and play in the Super Bowl after their week one performance beating the Colts. And everyone's saying, that's an upset. I'm like, is it, though? Like, I know that the Jags are probably going to be bad. But people were asking, like, before this week, like, are the Jags going to win a game? And I'm like, relax. Yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Like, I think, yeah, there's, it's a weird season and we don't really know what's going to happen. But I, I mean, I feel like it was a lot of the usual suspects winning that we thought we would. I mean, the Seahawks blew out the Falcons. Like, the Packers were really good against the Vikings. The Pats are still looking, you know, kind of how we thought they were against the Dolphins. Like, yeah, you had a few of the, I mean, like the Ravens destroyed the Browns. Like, you did have a few of those kind of weird games, like the one, like the Philly game you mentioned. But, I think for the, to me, I think the weirdest one is probably the 49ers, but I think the Cardinals, we all thought were going to be a pretty good team. So, you know, that's, that's one where it's not too surprising that they win. I mean, the chiefs had a great first game on Thursday night and I don't know. I mean, I like the Tampa one. I don't think that's surprising. I mean, it's going to take Brady some time to start clicking with that offense. So you're playing a saints team that has been together for years. So I, I, I would have put a lot of money on the saints to win this weekend. Yeah, I will admit that I got a prediction very, very wrong, and it comes in the Packers-Vikings game. I got a little cold feet with starting Aaron Rodgers in my fantasy league, and obviously you saw that he went off for, what is it, four touchdowns, 364 yards, 
So he was had an absolute monster day, but I was like, I was a little nervous, a little nervous. And so I benched him for Joe Burrow, who didn't have a terrible first outing, but I'm like, I look like a fool for doing that. Yeah, not a Rodgers game. Well, I look like a bigger fool because last week I said that he was going to fall off and he's not going to have a great season. Well, a lot of people did think that. Like a lot of people legitimately are thinking that Aaron Rodgers is at the twilight of his career. And so, which is surprising because I don't, I don't get that to say that and not because a lot of people say that are the ones that are like that don't think Tom Brady is at that stage. And I don't get if like I would think if one of them is, they both are. Like I don't think it's one isn't and the other. Like they both, I think, are probably going to be fine. But I mean, boy, Brady looked rough today. Watching that Saints game there, that defense was just after the first drive swarming him. The receivers, I don't know how healthy Mike Evans is. I know he, at this point, at uh, some point this past week, he was listed as doubtful. I, he was Gronk, listed as I don't out, remember I'm seeing, pretty sure. I, I don't remember seeing Gronk on the field at all. Did he do anything? This uh, he got, I think he got one play, but even then he, I don't know if he's just not used to having so many weapons or what, but they just looked real. Like they just didn't look like an actual team on offense. Yeah. And his O-line was horrendous today. Yes. Which they were supposed to be good. I mean, I think a lot of people thought that that. that yeah, because that's what they were like. There. That's what they were kind of getting. Like, yeah, they were signing offensive line so that he had a better line, but it didn't seem to work very well today. I would say let's not overreact too much, though. I mean, naturally, everyone's going to do that tomorrow with all the morning shows and all the the radio shows and all all of that. People are going to overreact to what happened today, but. I, I, like like I said, like there are so many things that surprised us here today that it's going to take a few weeks for teams to get used to this season and really not seeing any kind of opponents up until now. And I, I don't know if these empty stadiums are going to have any kind of an impact, but like like I said, like let's give it a few weeks and then we'll get an idea as to what the heck is going on and who's actually going to be good. How do you guys feel about the empty stadium? I mean. I- I felt like just, I mean, I usually watch red zone uh, instead of just like specific games. So I felt like it was a pretty normal experience. Like it didn't really, you didn't really get the vibe that there wasn't fans there, even though they're obviously like, there wasn't really the noise. The Patriots game, they kept talking about like, Oh, the fans are getting rowdy here with their, you know, (laughs) audio noise or their crowd noise there, which didn't really match up with the action, which there's not much they can do with that. But it was just like, it, it felt okay because it felt sort of natural when you heard it's not just players you're not just hearing the sounds of players hitting each other right yeah some of the some of the stadiums i feel i I mean i'm guessing they got levels and stuff to how loud they could actually go but i feel like some of the stadiums were real loud because you could barely hear the announcers yeah it felt it felt pretty normal in some of them like and like you said I, i think wasn't Jacksonville was the only game today that had the fans, fans in the seats. Yeah. So Jacksonville and Kansas city are still the only ones to have fans there. Miami oh. will have some. Yeah, no, I meant just this week though. Oh yeah. How soon do you think uh, Tua gets called up because uh, Fitzmagic did not look so yeah. great today? I don't know. I, I feel like they're for this season for that team. I think they're still not super worried about like, they don't, I mean, if they go four and 12, they're not going to be upset about it. Like they, they don't mind getting a, another good couple picks next year. And I think it's really just about making sure you're not throwing him to the fire too soon. Yeah. And also this was against the best defense last year. Yeah. An all time defense really uh, that doesn't get talked about because they had a poor performance in the playoffs, but Fitzpatrick is a hit or miss guy really, you know, asking him to go and light it up in week one against that kind of a defense it's tough to do but I was kind of also wrong I mean you saw I mean the Seahawks offense went for like 38 points I was like holy cow where did that come from I knew we knew Russell Wilson was going to go off this season but Seattle all of a sudden you're like oh they might be the team to beat in the NFC like I said let's not overreact but that's sort of my reaction to week one but I mean that's what happens after week one is overreactions. I'm thinking right now Cam Newton's about to go off too. Look what he did today, but then again, it was against the Dolphins. I mean, the but biggest also- overreaction has got to be the post week two one, right? When when you have because oh man, the difference between being one and one or zero oh and two is massive in the NFL. But is it this early? Is it that big of a deal? Oh, it always is. I mean, is it? I can't remember what this stat is. Maybe we'll 
we'll find it and put it up our, or I'll, maybe I'll bring it next week, but there's some stat that's like teams that start 0-2 are, you know, they have like some super, super low chance to get to the Super Bowl. It's a sprint the NFL season is, so you don't want to fall 0-2. It's not great, the odds of making the playoffs at that point. There's going to be a little bit of a, some desperation for some of these teams. Like Indianapolis, who many thought might win that division, all of a sudden might feel the heat if they can't pull out and go one and one next week there. Yeah. Boy, speaking and of then, heat, how about the how about the heat taking down the Bucks in five games? Oh god. Only when only, uh, only when the Bucks got was in overtime. <laughs> and they looked better without Giannis. What do you what do you what if the uh the Bucks put in Aaron Rodgers at their center position? Do you think they would have won the series? Cool. You know, I'm, I'm almost wondering if any athlete would have been better than Giannis on the floor at some point in that series. Yeah. Are you saying Giannis isn't even worthy of the G League? Well, that's what the Heat made him look like, at least. But that's just, that's just Eric Spolstra. Got the X's nose on our side. Where does where's Eric Spolstra rank in terms of good-looking guys on your list, Zach? You, you, you must look at Eric Spolstra every, every game and be like, damn, that's a good-looking guy. He, 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 you know, he has a, he has that great kind of slicked hair look, um, which, which I really appreciate. I love when he's, you, and you know what, you know what, before I go onto my list of good looking guys, I really am enjoying the, uh, the coaches in the polos look that they're having in the bubble instead of the suit. But I mean, Eric Spolster does look good in a suit, but I, I kind of like these polos on the sidelines instead of just the fully dressed up coaches. You get some bicep and tricep action. Exactly. I mean, you really get to see who's uh, who's fit and who's not, and Spo looks who, fantastic. Who was the one that was rocking the skinny jeans? That was, was that the it? coach for the Jazz. That's right. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were. He was looking nice. Yeah, he looked swagged out for sure. What would but yeah, suppose suppose up there for sure. On what a, would your look be on the sidelines if you were coaching in, in this bubble here? What, what would you go with? Oh, probably uh, denim jacket black pants maybe a hoodie under the denim jacket yeah but then he'd also he'd only be coaching a team like an all-star weekend he would not be coaching a fucking nba team dress yeah like zach would be coaching the um the celebrity <laughs> all-star game yeah that, that would be yeah i'd have a bieber as my starting point guard i'd have to have jamie fox in there he's always good in the all-star games you probably have kevin hart you just have a really small team i don't know if i'd want kevin hart Kevin Hart has MVP. to be, and I think he's contractually obligated to be in every celebrity all-star game. Yeah, I mean, oh, he retired. Did he? Yeah, he retired like two years ago. Damn, the whole Oscars thing did him in that much, huh? I guess after winning three MVPs, he said he didn't have anything else to prove. He's hanging up the boots. <laughs> now, do you think that Eric Spolstra is going to have a problem when he matches up against also a good-looking coach in the Celtics coach, Brad Stevens? All right, Brad Stevens is not a good-looking coach. Let's get that clear. Uh, I mean, he's he not a bad. Like a you know a suburban dad that you know. Yeah, he's not a. He looks like Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he does. He just I don't. Which he, he's not a bad-looking guy, but I don't look at him and go, "Wow, that's a good-looking guy." But yeah, Crescenti, you bring up a good point. That's going to be a pretty fun uh, coaching back and forth matchup between those guys. Two I think it's going to be really matter. similar to Boston, Toronto, because those were also two really good coaches. And then on the flip side, it's going to be. Uh, is the Denver coach, uh, what's he look like? He's bald. He's not very good looking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Frank Vogel is, I think, balding. Yeah. He's, Frank Vogel I, looks like the dude from, uh, what's that joke show? Impractical Jokers? Yes. He looks, he, like one he, of the, he looks like one of the dudes on that show. He really does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that really any of the potential Western Conference coaches are that. Like Mike Ballone's. They're all older looking too. I mean, I don't think uh, Mike Malone's probably the oldest looking. He's got some yeah. great going. I don't know. I mean, we saw those. Well, the newest head coach in the NBA, Steve Nash, there, not too old, but uh, we saw the crazy pictures of what he looked like when he was much younger in the league. Oh, God. He's had some crazy, just some crazy looks in general. I think He's Quinn Snyder's probably the best looking coach in the NBA, though. Schneider, eh, the yeah. Utah Jazz coach. Yeah, he was until. Yeah, he became that, and before it was Kenny Atkins for the Nets. Oh yeah, Kenny was a good-looking guy too. Uh, let's see. I'm yeah. Scott Brooks, no. 
I'm just trying to think if there's any other uh, vintage yeah. Pat Riley. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, vintage Pat Riley looks. Pat Riley might be the best looking guy now compared to all those coaches. I can't believe he's that old. When you look at him, you're like, no way. No way. I know. I mean, especially when you see him doing that dance with D Wade when they're in those costumes. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that was him until you guys told me. I was just like, who's this freaking old guy dressed as a pirate? Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, but it's crazy that he is 75 and he's still. uh, Man, he looks good. That hair. Just so beautifully slicked. I'd say he wants one more championship, but he's got aspirations after this year. He's he he wants a whale. I'm telling you, he 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 wants at least one more championship. It, it I think, sounds but. like, and I don't know if you speak for all of Heat Twitter and Heat Nation and Heat culture, Zach, but it kind of sounds like Heat culture doesn't want Giannis anymore. They're like, we can win without you. Okay, here, Heat Twitter's been talking about this a lot lately. I think the thing with Giannis is he just it would be a perfect fit on this team and i think like there's there's very few teams that make him look like he did over those five games and the heat are one of them so it, it's one of those things where like you know like he can be stopped but but boy if you put all your focus on Giannis, then you still got jimmy butler there to help him out you still got tyler harrow and duncan robinson out behind the three-point arc that you got to watch out for you know if, if this other team has a lot of great players and scorers you still got Iggy, Crowder, Giannis, Butler. I mean, that's a clamp down defense right there. Mm. So to answer your question, Heat Twitter definitely still wants Giannis. And to transition back into football here, and speaking <laughs> of good-looking coaches, I don't know where we, we went off the rails there. We really did. I apologize to the viewers, but you know, sometimes you just got to talk about these things. But still staying on the good-looking coaches here, and I know you watched Hard Knocks this season, Padilla. Uh, Sean McVay. Oh, oh yeah, he's he's the man. Is it Sean McVay or is it Cliff or Cliff? Cliff? Yeah, Cliff. Oh, I think I might go Cliff. I don't know. I gotta go. I gotta go with Sean. Just after Cliff life. posted that photo of him, you know, in the draft in his living room with just. Oh, yeah, man. but have you seen Sean's wife? Well, yeah, she is gorgeous. But Cliff's a single man, isn't he? A bachelor in the NFL. Oh boy! If he is the next bachelor, he's winning NFL games and then going off to double dates <laughs> in hot air balloons, calling yeah, plays. Man, he, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't. Is there anyone even close to those two? I don't think there is. You know, I, I there's nobody else that's young. Kyle Shanahan, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, but he kind of looks like a dweeb. He's a good coach, but he just kind of looks like a nerd. You, you know who's uh, sort of got that look? Brian Flores, Dolphins coach. Oh, Brian Flores does have a good look. You're right. That's a good one. And he's still, a young guy, too. On the younger side. Yeah, there really isn't a lot of these kind of young coaches, but definitely not uh, our beloved Andy Reid. No, no one can top Andy Reid. And his, uh... God, what a look that was on Thursday night, right? Boy, that visor, man. That was something else. What was the best meme that you saw out of that? What was the best sort of comparison? I feel like I saw something where someone was saying they would love to just, they're just picturing him trying to eat a cheeseburger through the visor and then just like smashing the cheeseburger up against the visor. It's funny that, you know, everyone keeps making fun of like, oh, he's going to be eating on the sidelines. He's eating on the sidelines. And the only person we've ever seen eating on the sidelines is when Mark Sanchez was eating that hot dog like 10 years ago. Oh, God, I do not remember that. You don't remember that? No. No. He was, like, sick or something like that, I think is what the excuse was. But he's, like, eating a hot dog from, like, I think it was, like, a stadium hot dog. (laughs) Just a fan passes it down to him? Something like that. I don't know what the exact context was. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, God, Andy Reid's got to be living up being in Kansas City and probably doesn't have to pay for another meal in his life when he goes to get barbecue. Boy, and I mean, back to the whole actual football thing one more time. Is I mean, the Chiefs looked amazing Thursday night. Do you guys think that after seeing the first week of games, do you guys still think that there's any chance of it? I mean, Crescenti, I think you didn't think they'd even make the conference championship, right? No, I think I predicted like Baltimore and the Titans. Yeah, I mean, do you are you feeling good about I mean, that after, still? Or? Like I said, we're going to do the overreaction thing, but after watching that one, you're like, if 16 and 0 is ever going to happen again, like this is the team, right? Right. Uh, I don't know because I mean I didn't really watch the game, so I can't really 
make and like make any conclusions or anything right now. But I mean, didn't didn't Deshaun Watson and the Texans put up like twenty points? Like towards the end was of like the game, a garbage time. Yeah, it was, okay. I was gonna say so, it was kind of some garbage points. Because I was gonna sure. say, I mean, yeah, because they start. They, I mean, they started off good, and then all of a sudden, I see that the Texans like kind of rallied back a little bit, but they still lost by like ten or something like that. But yeah, I mean, their their running back looked good. I was talking about him last week about fantasy about why he was even in like the top 10 or anything like that, yeah. but he just proved it on Thursday like he broke 100 yards before like the first half even ended or something like that. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think they have I think the Chiefs really have every like offensively every position like with a really good player, tight end, with receiver, running back. So well, they got multiple yeah, and quarterback now too. Well, not now too, but they've had it. And I know last week, Zach, you said that you said that the Texans were going to win their division. But what was your kind like? What was what were your thoughts on that game? Because I mean, the Texans didn't really look very good till I mean towards the end of the game where they kind of rallied back, but they still lost by two touchdowns. Yeah, I. I still, I still feel comfortable with that one. Um, I guess, again, I'll say, like, I think the Chiefs are, you know, above and beyond almost the entire rest of the NFL. So I think it's tough to see that game and then immediately be worried about it because that's not one that I expect them to win. I actually think that Houston could end up going 0-2 because I think they play Baltimore next week. And I'm pretty sure it's on the road. I can't remember what it might be. Um, but yeah, they they looked a little slow. I think it, again, I think it just comes back to this season. It's gonna be, it, it's it's really gonna be hard to tell how some of these teams look until like week four or so. And Houston's one where you know you've got a new running back in there. You lost your obviously your best receiving option. So it's hard to when you haven't had time to scheme and plan for these games. I think it's kind of hard to to figure things out when you can't just you know go throw the ball to your best receiver anymore. Do you guys feel one like one question I had, and this is kind of a, a mixed NFL NBA thing here, but do you guys think that the the Brady to Tampa thing is already kind of starting to remind me of the LeBron to Lakers and like the whole uh like you leave the like LeBron leaving the East and having to go play in the West and everyone saying like, oh, it's gonna be tougher to win in the West. Like now with Brady leaving his easy division, is it gonna be tougher to get all these wins in the NFC? Do you guys think? Oh yeah. Definitely. Because well, he's in a tougher talk- division. Yeah, right, we've, so. talk- we've talked about this too, like how the AFC, it's, there's like very few teams. Like right now we only, we think about like Baltimore and we think about the Chiefs when it comes to the AFC. And then the NFC, there's the Hawks, there's the 49ers, there's the Saints. We talk about Tampa, the Cowboys. Like you just can keep naming off like teams in the NFC, but not like not in the a- AFC because we just go to the, those two and then we talk about Houston at times and stuff but yeah I mean it's it's it, you can kind of compare it the exact same way because we always talked about how the west have, has always been a lot stronger than the east so it's kind of it's kind of similar in a way did Brady go to Tampa to make movies <laughs> who knows he trademarked a bunch of stuff so boy those LeBron went to LA to make movies people are <laughs> probably not looking very good right now don't we have one here in the podcast that said that was that one of your takes Chrisini? <laughs> what was the exact take <laughs> that lebron only went to la to make movies and not to win um i think at this point in his career his focus is changed i don't think it's all basketball anymore i mean maybe it's never been all basketball but i think la is a strategic place he could have gone to 29 other teams that would have made almost as much sense I mean the he went to that Lakers team and that roster stunk so like if he didn't get hurt last year they're not they don't win in the playoffs like they might not even make the playoffs right like the whole move is it's a very strategic move of course you go to Los Angeles it's the big lights it's where the entire world is in terms of marketability It, it just it's easier to go make movies and make commercials and do these branding opportunities yeah yeah, I mean, I think, I I think that his whole the move to LA was definitely he was under the impression that they were going to get another superstar, another you know, all star type player, which they did. So I think, I think that makes it a little more clear. I guess one more thing to to maybe cap off the real sports talk to you guys before we get into our fun topic. But um, 
what do you guys think about Giannis? Sorry, back to the NBA one more time. But like Giannis uh, potentially going to be a free agent after next season. Do you how how what's the pulse on the Giannis uh, leaving meter for you guys? It's hard to say because everything I've heard is he likes the small town. He doesn't need the big lights of a big city. So I, I honestly don't know. And I, he's still a bit of a mystery guy. We don't really know a whole lot of his insights, right? We know he's got two brothers in the NBA, but we don't really know a whole lot about him, right? No. Yeah, I mean, we kind of look at him as like being one of those good players, like what we thought KD was when he was on OKC, just being loyal, wanting to stay with one team his whole career, which I mean, most players want to do. But when you're losing and not getting the outcome that you want, it makes it a little bit harder to actually want to stay in a situation that you know you're not going to actually thrive in. But I don't know. It just depends because I know he had he had some like end of the season interview or something with management, not like yesterday or two days ago. So, I mean, if the Bucks really want to want him to stay, they got to figure something out. They got to make some move to get some other player there to help him out. I know CP three is a possibility to get him at point guard and help them. But I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he just comes out and he doesn't, he says he doesn't want to be there. Um, you kind of see it with – you've seen it with players throughout the last couple of years, so it it wouldn't come as a surprise. But, I mean, like I said, once you lose so much, it's you kind of get tired of it and you kind of want something better. So him going to a different team with a bet, like better players, a better coach, or something like that, whatever he thinks is better for his career, he's going to do. But See, that like – I don't really, I don't know if I agree with the whole Giannis, they, the Bucks need to do something to get Giannis more help. Like Giannis has a ton of help. I mean, that is a really, really good team. I mean, he keeps getting compared to LeBron leaving Cleveland the first time. And I mean, Giannis has an all-star teammate. He has two players that were, you know, all defensive team. I mean, like Chris Middleton averaged 26 points in this playoff series that they lost. And when LeBron left the Cavs, his best teammate was like a 37-year-old Shaq who averaged 13 points a game. So I don't even think those are close to comparable. I mean, I think like Giannis has a lot of great pieces around him. That team was poised to go to the finals and probably to win. I mean, I think like they were smoking everyone most of the season. So I, I honestly, I kind of think it's more on him to, to add more to his game. Like I don't really know what more you can bring him that's going to – if he's going to be the guy. Yeah, the um the comparing to LeBron leaving Cleveland the first year, that's just that's stupid because LeBron had a bunch of nobodies on his team when he left and he had a good reason to leave. But yeah, I definitely agree. He's got he's got the pieces around him, but I more meant like if you like for CP3 obviously, if you were to bring in CP3, you got somebody that can control the ball because right now with the Bucks, they're relying on Giannis to be the ball handler and to be the one to be the main focus as we're going down the court. But if you have somebody who can actually handle the ball, like LeBron does in on the Lakers, it would, it would help them out in certain ways. I'm not saying it's going to be a huge change or anything like that, but yeah, for people to say he doesn't have pieces around him or anything like that, that's, that's just dumb. I mean, we saw what happened with the one game that they won. He went out and they were able to actually do stuff, but I feel like it was because they rely so much on Giannis to put up the points to kind of just lead that team that they need. He's, he's still young. I mean, he's still learning. Like you said, he still has some, he still has things he needs to do into his game to become better. But I feel like if he actually has a leader on that team, like CP three, like what he did with the thunder this year, I feel like that could help. I don't know how much help it would be, but it would be a lot more help than what he had. Not more in like, players but i just more like talking about like in leadership type of deal okay everyone so we got a fun one for you guys right now we are in the midst of nba playoffs and we are almost down to the you know the semis or the to the conference finals for each of the divisions so it's kind of got us thinking uh you know we like to talk about food a lot on this pod so we want to do now is i want to hear from you guys what the 
what would your starting five lineup of appetizers be? And uh, I think maybe let's fire it off with, let's start with the point guard first. So I'll fire this over to Padilla. Padilla, who's your starting point guard for appetizers? So my starting point guard for appetizers is going to be just, just a normal appetizer. Um, I'm going to go with French fries because with, with the point guard, you kind of look at a point guard doing many different things. You can see them score, assist, um, handle the ball, play defense, all these kinds of things. And so with French fries, you could switch those up in any way. You can just get normal French fries, chili cheese, French fries. You can get, um, I feel like there's a bunch of, you can do so much stuff with French fries to where I think like a point guard is so diverse that you could do many things with that position. So you've got your passing fries or your scoring fries or your defensive fries. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Christiani, what do you got? I mean, if we're talking, we need some versatility. We need to be able to do a lot with some, with this position, right? And what position can do more than maybe the loaded nachos? Oh, that, that was my exact pick, Kersenny. I mean, who doesn't love an appetizer where maybe you get it for yourself, maybe you share it for the table, but some loaded nachos. Yeah, Padilla, I think, I think you kind of went, because Kersenny, I had the exact same thing, loaded nachos. Padilla, I think you kind of had the same thought was that the fries, you can put a variety of different topics on and that's, or top toppings. And toppings. that was kind of where I was going for with uh, the loaded nachos. I mean, you can really do anything with them. And like Kersenny mentioned too, you know, the, the loaded nachos can be a, a shareable with, for the table, or maybe you just go with some nachos for your whole meal. Yeah. I like that. I like that pick. Yeah. Not much of a, not much of a nachos guy, but when I do get them, I do enjoy them. Wow. All right. Well, let's move on to the, to the two guard position, the shooting guard in the NBA. Uh, Chris, let's start with you on this one. What's your, uh, your starting two guard for appetizers. Right. So this is the position that gets maybe a lot of, uh, aside from the point guard and depending on the athlete gets a lot of attention and what appetizer gets more attention than some shrimp cocktails. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I, I mean, shrimp cocktails go quickly, just like maybe some shooting guards in the draft. When you got a really good shooting guard, that's who you'll take first. Right. And just like shrimp cocktail, boom, it's gone. Maybe even change it up, some bacon-wrapped shrimp. Oh, I like that. I go to a banquet in honor of those Somali pirates if they serve bacon-wrapped shrimp. Padilla, what do you got? All right, so with my shooting guard position, you need this, you need this position to be popping off. You need this position to be heating up, scoring points, getting buckets, and I'm going to go with the jalapeno poppers. Ooh, Love me. You go, you go fried or do you go just kind of like the, the grilled, not breaded type of poppers? Uh, it, I mean, I'll go either one. It really doesn't matter to me. Okay. I like it. Well, for my two guard, I, uh, you know, I wanted someone that I feel like a lot of times in the NBA, sometimes if you have a strong point guard, like we have a loaded nachos, you've got a two guard that's really just kind of a scorer. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a catch and shoot guy hitting a lot of threes. So He's a, he's a little light on the skill. So I wanted an app that's kind of a nice light starter. So what I went with was some fresh burrata. Hmm. What's that? Oh, it's an Italian appetizer, a little bit of uh, mozzarella, sometimes filled with, you know, cream and then some tomatoes and you put it on the bread with some, you know, a little bit of pesto maybe or some olive oil. It's delicious. <laughs> on to the third position. So we've got the uh, the three in the NBA, the shooting forward. What do, uh, let's go with Kristeni here. What do you got for your your third appetizer and your, your forward here? This is one where we start to get a little more thick, don't we, right? And when I'm talking about thick, nothing beats a nice avocado dip, right? Or a, um, mm. a spinach dip, if you will. So this is a, maybe a versatile one. You can go avocado dip. You can go spinach dip. You can go guac. You can go paste. I'm talking your chips and your dip. Okay. I like that. So just a, a in the, just the plain chips and then a variety of dip. Yeah. Or one dip. Okay. Padilla, what do you have? So for my small forward, um, I really have no reasoning for it. This is just one of my favorite appetizers, and I just had to fill a spot. But I'm going to go with cheese curds. Oh, cheese curds are good. Hmm. Interesting. So for mine, uh, I feel like in, especially in today's NBA, the small forward, you know, kind of is such, such an important position. This is your, this is your player that's going to get you your 20 points. 
He's going to get you your eight rebounds. Maybe if he's a LeBron type guy, he's getting you a lot of assists too. So this one's got to be the cream of the crop and it's got to be a great player that is good at almost any situation. So for this one, I'm going with wings. Mm. Okay. Classic basket of wings. All right. Power forward starting at the four. What do you got Padilla? All right. So going with the power forward, this one is going to actually be a duo with my cheese curds. It's, part of the cheese family and this appetizer kind of reminded me of tim duncan who is also power forward just nothing flashy just you just get them eat them and they're just they're amazing and i'm gonna go with some mott sticks oh the fundamental the mott's a mental <laughs> yeah mozzarella sticks are classic yeah i had mozzarella sticks as my uh, six man coming off the bench for barada so yeah, for, for mine, I'm going to go with something. We need a little more meat on the bones. And I know, I forget what one of you already said it, but I'm going with the buffalo wings. You, you, you need some meat on those bones, just like your power forward. You may be able nice. to do a lot, whether, you know, you got some thick drumsticks or some, uh, some flats. Are, are, you guys, are you guys a drumstick guy or a drumette guy? Drumstick. Drumstick for sure. Same here. The, the drumettes just... There's always not enough meat in there. They're too small. It's tough to get through all the bone. What about the flats? Are you guys fans of flats? Eh, depends. It's yeah, I'd prefer sticks still. Yeah, the sticks, you, you can do a lot more. You can, it, with the flats, you need two hands. With drumstick, you can do one hand. That's true. That's a really good point. Hmm. I, I always like use two. You use two on the drumstick? Oh, yeah. Wow. That was big. Damn, he's got the big old wings. All right, well, for my, for my starting four, you know, I wanted – I feel like this, this animal that makes this food uh, is, is kind of the, the king of the sea. And, you know, for this position, I wanted to kind of emulate LeBron. So I'm going to go with the king of the sea with some calamari. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow, you're in that fancy, fancy. Oh. Is calamari fancy, fancy? I don't know that I it don't is. think so. It's like fried fancy. calamari. Calamari, when you say I'm ordering a plate of calamari for the table, like, whoa, big spender here. I just assume calamari and rich <laughs> associate those two things. <laughs> Wait, are you thinking of what's the one that's like the fish eggs one? Caviar. Oh. You're thinking of caviar. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's, Zach, just that's Zach Center. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had caviar. No, Zach's like, I'll have the filet mignon as my center. <laughs> as my appetizer you know i did have uh, caviar the most recent time i had it i think was in russia and we were using it to like chase shots of vodka at this vodka tasting place yeah they give you like a shot of vodka and then a little appetizer to chase it instead of like you know a traditional chaser so you'd have like you'd take a shot of vodka and then you eat like an anchovy it was really weird interesting yeah it made it not go down very good all right let's get to the starting center uh padilla who do you have for your starting center all right, for my starting center, this is the anchor. This is the big guy. This is what we call the BFG, the big fucking guy. Um, I am going to go with bread. Wow. Bread. Classic. I did bread. not see that just coming. Classic, just thick, just filling. I mean, which you don't want to get full, but who doesn't like warm bread with some butter? Mm. Maybe some garlic. I do you love that Outback Steakhouse bread, the brown bread? Mm. No, some uh, Cheesecake Factory bread. Oh, they do have a good little variety basket too. Yeah. Dang, yeah. Chrisani, who's your center? Mine's, we're going thick. This is a big boy, but this is something that uh, I don't think anyone, you, you got to love the lovable big guy. And I'm talking about some sliders. Ooh, Ooh. I like that. Any, when you get your sliders, do you like a lot of stuff on them or are you just kind of a plain? Oh, yeah, pour it on. Pour, uh, the whole damn thing. Everything. Wow. It works. So are you a big White Castle guy if you like your sliders? I've only been to White Castle once, and that was with you guys in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Not much memory then. <laughs> All right, well, for my center, uh, this is a position that ends up dunking the ball a lot. You're not a good shooter, so you want, you want a real dunkable app. So, guys, I'm going pretzel bites with cheese. Mm. Ooh, okay nice me a good pretzel nice. bite forgot about pretzels as a good appetizer they're they're up there for sure i th- they i mean obviously they made my top five with with doing this but now i should also um 
have a disclaimer. When we were coming up with this idea, I did call you out because I know you're talking about your six man. And I'm like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Were you thinking about doing Lou Williams and, and wings as your six man? I, you know, when you texted that, I hadn't even thought of it. I, I was oh. really hoping that you, instead of talking about the joke that you made, we're just going to give it to the listener. Well, I thought you were setting us up for that. That's why I thought I'm like, oh, we're doing this segment and it's going to culminate with you saying in my six <laughs> minutes yeah. is Lou I was wondering why you were so you were so upset about it you're like well you got to go into detail with it I'm just like damn because I, I thought it was so predictable I thought I'm like oh, oh I, I see what's I see what he's doing yeah you thought you saw right through me but <laughs> no the wings were my uh they were my my three my three uh my shooting forward yeah well, you proved me wrong had him at the three. I was really hoping that one of you guys wouldn't have done a cop out and gone with like a sampler platter too. Would a charcuterie board, um, whatever it's called, um, charcuterie board, yeah. Would that count as one, or is there many that appetizers? Yeah, see, I, I, I almost thought about doing that, but I feel like the charcuterie board is kind of like is the the fancy sampler platter. It's just got a lot of everything. What was your? Did you guys have like a six man that you that you didn't get to get in there? potato wedges maybe really mine was just like chips like chips and salsa or like chips and dip type of deal because i mean with the six man you don't expect them to come out and score or whatever they're gonna come out they're gonna help the team by either scoring playing good defense assisting or whatever so i felt like with chips and salsa chips and dip there's like so many varieties that you could go with no one said super salad Super salad. <laughs> the fuck gets a super salad as an appetizer? That's an appetizer. Crescenti. I don't know. I feel like a salad is more of like a, it's like a side, the side salad. I have a feeling, Crescenti, that you don't even get sliders as an appetizer. You get just like a full on burger. So I used to go to trivia all the time with some coworkers down here. And I got made fun of because I would basically order yeah, an appetizer, which wasn't much of an appetizer. It was an entree. So I'd order two entrees and everyone at the table, like, oh, you have a big appetite. And I'm, I'd be self-conscious. So I'd eat it really quick. And <laughs> so, but yeah, I'd get like wings, right? It would be wings, but it also came with like fries and something else like coleslaw. And like, then I'd get also like the main entree and that'd be like a burger or something like that. And so, yeah, I'd get made fun of for yeah, having hey, two meals. Hey, that's fine. I was in the same boat. I would constantly get appetizers every time I would go out to dinner or to lunch or whatever. And I ended up getting pretty thick. And so I had to cut down on the appetizers. But so now I'll get appetizers, but it's to share with the whole table. Damn. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I ever really go with the, the alone appetizer, but maybe I'll try that sometime. It does sound delightful. I never eat alone. So yeah, same. I don't. I don't think I've ever, I don't ever come into that situation to where I'm eating alone, enjoying an appetizer to myself before I get my meal. So that's definitely one of my biggest social fears is having to like go sit in a bar or a restaurant alone. Like I'd rather like take something to go. Than yeah, I don't. Myself. I don't really want to feel like a Steven Glansberg. That's right. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Zero to One Hundred. As always, if you want more content. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and make sure you subscribe to Zero to 100. And while you're there, make sure you rate and review us. And we hope you'll be back again for next week's episode. Have a great day.